Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you're listening to this from and at whatever time. This is John Sane, one half of the Expansive Podcast, sitting in Cape Town, watching this slow, easy Sunday go past me. <laughs> and I got on the other side with a warm set of clothes on, Eric, Axel, and Jaeger's father, Kruger. <laughs> How are you, brother? Thank you. I am uh, I'm doing really well, uh, watching... Not the ocean like you are, but uh, just staring into a few plants in my garden. I'm super jealous of your new your new place. Uh, I miss miss the ocean. Um, yes. I, read, I read a quote the other day that said, uh, "Salt water fixes everything. Yes. Tears, sweat, or the ocean." Yes, yes. How brilliant yes. is that? I mean, decided to be so smart as an awake, like an aha moment. But truth is, just like salt water within our bodies both from sweating and crying mm. and then just swimming in it. What I've been seeing since being back in Cape Town for the last three weeks or so is so many people doing the Wim Hof uh, in oh, the really? cold. Yeah, it's full, man. It's sure. become such a big thing here. So, Have you done it? Uh, not yet. Um, uh, I was just about to say I better get my head around it. So I'm definitely going to start uh, sort of venturing into that space of putting my body into a shock. Mm. Uh, it's it's wonderful to see that so many people are braving the cold, and you know, I mean, the water here is famously cold. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's mm. great to be uh, great to be by the ocean. Also, we've had quite a summery few days, so it's been warm yeah, yesterday. Warm today, mm. So, in fact, I've got friends, very good friends of mine, that live in Constantia that I was supposed to go for lunch to, and uh, Iraj's wife was like, "Look." We saw your pictures of your apartment on social media. Could we please come to you for lunch? We want to come to the ocean. I was like, yeah, sure, no problem. So that makes total sense. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like, okay, we've got a beautiful home, but I just want to be by the ocean. I was like, yeah, please. Mm, mm. So yeah, very good to be yeah, here. So super jealous. Uh, don't, don't be uh, be inspired because you can absolutely come down and uh, spend some time here when uh, flying becomes more pleasant. Because mm. right now it's not pleasant. Sure. Uh, but yeah, when it does become pleasant. Uh, how was your week, Eric? Did you have a good week? Yeah, it's been good. We just wrapped on our second uh, Think Week corporate. Uh, this is a Think Week uh, leadership edition that we're doing for an organization. So it's been really good. Um, I don't mind saying that we got a 9.2 from uh, the participants in the overall rating. So yeah, it was good. And I'm also, tomorrow I'm starting the Modern Breed daily briefing. So, you know, for years yeah. I wrote a daily email. It was kind of the defining activity, I guess, in my life that ended up being a book and that ended up leading me to, well, meeting you and like so many things. And yeah. for a long time, I've been kicking it against doing it again. And uh, I've also wanted to get back into it, but there's been this resistance. But tomorrow I'm kicking it off. I'm doing a 30-day long experiment, uh, daily wow. email or I'll still see what the format's going to be for now. It's email, but a daily email on leadership, teams, personal mastery, and I'll see where that takes me 30 days from now and then decide if I go ahead with it or not. How's your week been? It's Monday to Friday or is it? Yeah, Monday, Monday to Friday. Monday to Friday. Friday. Mm. Look, that commitment's like writing a book. You know what I mean? Mm. You don't know what you're going to learn along the way and you're going to upgrade your perspective in one way or another. For sure. And you don't know where it's going to lead. So, you know, new rituals and new habits lead to new behaviors and new futures. So, mm. well done if you're taking on this uh, task because it mm. is, it's a task. Mm. Uh, and commitments. Uh, well done to you. Thank you. Um, How was your week? Yeah, look, I, yeah, I had a very good week. Um, we have formalized uh, Johnson A Digital. 
running and starting a whole new business with new capabilities and new directives. Is that the name uh, that you're going it, with? Uh, no, I was just about to <laughs> announce it, but thank you for prodding me in a sincere journalistic way. Uh, no, so we, we named it uh, School of Modern Wisdom, which I'm very, very happy about. My team and I nice, came up nice. with that name and uh, really about... And, and, and actually coming up with the name made us realize that futurism and human psychology is modern wisdom. And it's really about taking ancient understandings of who we are and what we're about and our motivating factors and our psychological um, drivers and mixing it together with understanding the future and how we mm. need to show up. And it was such an aha moment because that is kind of what modern wisdom is. So yeah, we're very busy in developing new programs and that sort of stuff. So, yeah, also had a good week. Um, emotional at times, but I think today's topic um, is very much on track about what we want to talk about and just the, the, the sort of modern way of understanding resilience. Mm. And so today's topic is something that you and I have been hearing in organizations and corporations about this need for being resilient. And if we just break down this concept of what resilience actually is, it means the capacity to recover quickly from difficulty. That's kind of what it is. It's a, so yeah. Are you resilient in recovering? Mm. Um, but what I find, and I think that's why it's such a key topic for us to talk, is you can be resilient in the wrong things. Mm. Let's say, for example, you're in a bad relationship. At what time do you stop being resilient and trying to fix the relationship? And at what time does re resilience switch over into courage to leave? Mm. Because both of them are resilience, but it just depends on where you're wanting to sort of focus in on the energy of resilience. So mm. before we kick off, uh, any broad ideas and terms from you around this topic? Yeah, I, I like where you're going with it because we could recover in the wrong things. And I think that's kind of your point here is that make sure that what you're recovering in is actually worth recovering. So yes. when, whenever I work with new clients, I always show them what I call the performance triangle. So it's my own little coaching model. And I think I might have even like shared it with you way back in the day. I don't know how long it's been in my, in my mind, but essentially at the top you have meaning, then you have performance and then you have conditioning. And so what it says is we can look through the world or look to the world through these three lenses. Uh, meaning says, what are your values, attachments, beliefs? Performance says, what are you doing and what are results are you getting? And re uh, conditioning is then resilience and mental toughness and anti-fragility. And so what we see is then performance breaks down. And that we saw it now in, in, during COVID. If your business wasn't generating revenue or if you weren't as productive, performance is fragile. It breaks. And so what we need to do then is kind of ascend to this level of meaning, value and attachment and says, well, before I rebuild performance, is this actually where I want to go? Is this what I want to do and who I want to be? And then once that alignment has happened, you can come back to performance and now I say, well, let me build it up. And so resilience for the sake of resilience can actually be um, a deterrent. Yeah, it can actually, it can lead you, you know, um, so uh, you always hear people saying, well, you have the rich people, but they are like desperately unhappy. And yeah. it was always such a cliche for me. And then I, I was sitting in a few sessions, coaching sessions initially. And I remember clients saying to me, how did I end up here? 
Like I look at my life and how did I end up here? And the, the way you ended up there is because you always focused on performance. And even if it broke, you came back to it and harder and stronger and faster, but you never stopped for a moment just to get to this level of meaning and say, is this actually where I want to go? Yes. So high level, I think I, I totally get where you're coming from. Yeah, I think, um, uh, well said, because I think a lot of people then say, I'm going to work hard no matter what. I'm mm. going to push through this no matter what. And the energy and the drive then becomes this need to be powerful, not focused on the right direction. Mm. And it's almost as if sometimes if you get the direction right, you don't need to be as hardcore. Mm-hmm. You actually are much more in a state of flow. Mm. And it's this, I used it in the, the Future Preparedness Masterclass. I have a slide that says, Direction is more important than speed. And one of the examples I talk about is Nokia, where they drove their business towards GPS coordination as a main driver for the success of their future. They spent billions and billions of dollars developing these beacons all around the world that would give people this direction that they required utilizing the Nokia platform and software And then Waze arrived and Waze used cell phones as beacons and GPS coordinates, which Mm. made and nullified Nokia's business model after spending $6 billion or whatever they did on that. And immediately what you start to realize is that the direction Nokia was going in was just in the wrong direction is that they weren't using the tools correctly, but they were resilient. They were smart. Mm. they They were hard working and then when the ceo had the press conference um when microsoft bought them they went from a hundred billion dollar business to a six billion dollar business in like a few years he was crying and the comment and the quote that came from that press conference was we didn't do anything wrong Mm. and they didn't do anything wrong Mm. except direction and Mm. so you see that now when i see it in restaurant owners for example it's like and, you know, I'm very good friends with uh, Toby Schechter from Schechter's Raw, a vegan restaurant here. And he was telling me about this new retail experience that called Egg that's being launched. And he said they've offered me the position of the vegan restaurant there. Should I take it? And I always have these sort of strategy sessions with him because he's my friend. And I said to him, do you understand that you're aiming at a small retail win where you could be building an ecosystem that helps people learn how to cook, buy raw ingredients, buy ready-made meals, and be at your cafe. His direction was very small. His resilience was developed in a very small nucleus of building a new cafe in a new retail experience. And for me, the whole point of the strategy session and lunch with him was, Where are you focused on? Where does your resilience lie? How big are you thinking? And how robust are you in your expression of your businesses, sales, or services, or products? And Mm. I think that's become such a big aha moment for me through this COVID is we must realize that we have moved away from a complicated world and we're moving into a complex world. And this is a huge thing for us to realize because a complicated world had patterns in it that were very complicated, but repeated. Mm. In a complex world, what we have are patterns that are very complex, but are never repeated. 
Now, if your resilience lies in solving problems in a complicated world, you're dead in a complex world. Your resilience and the complexity of the complex world is about adaptability. Mm. It's about connecting new invisible dots. And so we realize that the old way of resilience is death in the new world of complexity. Mm. You know, when I, when I think of complexity, the, the one word that always stands out for me is, is nuance. That mm. because it's complex, there's never one solution. Mm. And our human brains are just so wired for that. We're always thinking binary. We're always thinking that it's, it's either one option or the other. But in a yeah. complex world, there are many ways to solve that same problem. Why? Because it's complex. Yeah. If it was complicated, there's one answer. Yeah. Like if you, if you take a very complicated math question, yeah. there's going to be one right answer there to get to. But yeah. complex means that there are multiple ways to solve for the same problem. And that probably you never actually really solve it. You are always just iterating on the best version of where we are. And so I think this plays into, sorry, go for it. No, what I was saying is that most people are on the drive for production, efficiency, and profitability, which is exactly what you need to be resilient in in a complicated world. Mm. In a complex world, you need to be robust in your expression. You need to move from just in time to just in case. Just in case means I'm resilient in offering as many different ways that you can engage with my business. In a complicated world is I want to create efficiencies in the one way that you deal with me in my business. Mm. And so this becomes a very different way to measure your success. And so, you know, this week for me has been the complexity of building a team with new capabilities and new skill sets to develop a business for the future of what my business is going to look like. Mm. I am now resilient, not in trying to keep my keynotes going and building as much turnover through my keynotes, but building a new expression of my business. And so as a baker, instead of trying to build people to bring to your bakery, are you bringing people to your online course, your recipe book, your new ground stone flour that you've sourced from Italy that you want to share with people? That's the resilience that you need mm. to build. Mm. Dude, it's hybrid vigor, man. That it really, it really comes back to that is that, you know, when I initially wrote about hybrid vigor, it was that we're going to be living in this world where you have people working at the office, but also working remotely, but also working in SA, but also working across from. So like you're building hybrid vigor and the fact that your organization is a crossbreed of people in how they work. But when you take that, that a bit further and the extension of that idea is that we've also known that age diversity in a team is a good thing, that racial diversity in a team is a good thing, that skill diversity in a team is a good thing. But the question is, are we doing enough of that? And I think we aren't. And so what happens is that at some point, the pure breeds, the uh, men sitting in the boardroom, those kind of companies die out because the ones that survive are the ones that build deep resilience to what you're speaking about, where they are really bringing um, the best of all these different worlds together, whether that's racial diversity, age diversity, all that I don't want to get too caught in the diversity part of it. It's just how do we take the best of different worlds and build a new resilience from that, even extending to how do you take AI and bring that into your business? And how do you take the newest like TikTok or whatever and bring that into your business? And like, it's really about building these different layers that, that help you to create that resilience. But I think, look, I, yeah, yeah. I, think, I think if we think back to the old world, 
um, being hyper-focused in on something, the 10,000-hour rule was important. But as we move into this new world, there's a great book that's called Range. And the payoff line is why generalists triumph in a specialized world. And it's this generalist mindset that you need to have such a broad understanding of so many different topics to bring a holistic solution to people's worlds. And Malcolm Gladwell, who made the 10,000-hour rule famous, has a quote on top of the book on the cover that says, I love being retaught or learning new things because it totally debunks his 10,000-hour rule. Mm. Um, I think the quote actually says, makes me thoroughly enjoy the experience of being told that everything I thought about something was wrong. I Mm. loved Ray, Malcolm Gladwell. And this is so indicative of understanding that the 10,000-hour rule was the old resilience. Range is the new resilience. But, you know, I also think, sorry, sorry, I think maybe that the the distinction there is that a a leader, a resilient leader moving forward might need range because you need to to be a systems thinker. You need to be able to see the entire picture and who slots in where and which pieces you move around the board for it to make most sense. But we still need us, the specialists in our team, right? Like how do you see those who play together? Because you'll always have the surgeon who specializes in like the smallest little heart valve, for example, like he is the expert in that. And we need that. You need someone who has acquired deep new skill in coding or AI or whatever the world might be moving towards. So leader, generalist, but specialists in the team. Yes, what do you I think? agree with you. I agree with you. And that's the difference. I talk a lot about uh, the, the uh, today and tomorrow team, the complicated and complex team. I think, yes, you're absolutely right. But remember that as a surgeon, whereas before all you were worried about is that surgery, now as a surgeon, a more holistic approach is what is your lifestyle like? Where are your emotions like? What food are you eating? And let me just do surgery on you. So Mm. even in that hyper-focused place, the understanding of the broader terms of your health dependent on your emotions and the food you're taking in is also a modern way for a surgeon to approach the topic of surgery because Mm -hmm. you can go into surgery and come out of it and you speak about it a lot, the the difference between your patients that wanted to go for a smoke straight away and the patients that changed their whole lives because they were sitting in that emergency room. Your understanding as a healer to realize that that smoke break is actually a terrible thing, is also a broadening of your focus. Mm. Your range has grown past just worrying about that medical issue there. So I think, yes, hyperspeciality obviously is still there, but in a much more broad term, in a mm. much more holistic way and understanding. Mm. So, look, I think, I think you were saying something offline around resilience and um, what were you saying, actually? I can't remember what you were so, saying offline, yeah. yeah, so I was just saying that I think moving forward, um, how leaders have to focus on development is that we, we have to, typically how it's been is that your leadership development is around the skill that has to be quite required and that the skill leads to a certain performance and that character is just kind of left open, you know, like yeah. you go work on your character. And I was saying that I think what's really important moving forward is that leadership has to focus if you're building for the future focus on character first, then on skill and then on performance because 
exactly what we said. If performance breaks, you can fall back a level to skill and you can say, well, how do I retool myself? And perhaps you can go back to performance. But if that also breaks, you fall back to character. So so that, yeah, we have to create a resilience around character. But then I think the deeper the deeper understanding that then comes from us having this conversation today as well is that resilience around character is really important. But again, don't be stubborn in it. Don't recover bad habits or don't recover bad traits. Like there needs to be a fluidity to who you are and how you are evolving to become who you need to be. But what I, what I was kind of trying to get at with that is that resilience is ultimately a character trait that we have. Like it's something that you develop as a person. Do you think it's not a performance trait, but a characteristic of a character trait? I think, I think that's so important because performance in the right direction is based on where your character is because you could be just swimming in the wrong direction because performance is the only thing that you focused on. I love that. Mm. I love that. That's so, yeah, that's a great way to explain it. It almost is exactly what I'm trying to get across in the, in the modern, the school of modern wisdom is because just if you focused in the wrong direction, you just don't have the wisdom. And so you just swimming. And I think mm. wisdom is what direction are you swimming in in order for you to be able to be a modern version of yourself. Mm. So yeah, that's, that's, that's really great. Okay. That's a nice way of putting it. Listen, so, this has um, been great. Yeah, it's been great. Mm. Uh, we, uh, as usual, want to thank all our listeners in uh, all the comments and all the sharing. Our numbers are growing and we've got big plans to make them grow even further. If you think this could help somebody, please go ahead and share it with them. It will be beneficial to them and helping us grow our brand and our message as well, trying to make an impact on people's lives and make their focus more uh, acute in what they should be doing and what they should be driving and is their behavior to be a more expansive version of themselves in the future. So yeah, thank you so much for everybody who's uh, sharing this and mm. uh, surprising me when I meet up with them and say, thanks for your podcast. I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't even know you're listening to it. <laughs> Thank you very much for me. Chat okay. soon. Bye.